Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back. It's been a minute. Uh, coronavirus kind of put us on a bit of hiatus for a while. Today, we are going to talk about the fallout and review WrestleMania 36 with my boy Justin Jacko. How you doing, bud? Good, guys. How you doing? We're excellent, excellent. All right, Jacko, WrestleMania, it was very different this year. There was no crowd. There was no spectacle. There was no fans. What did you think yeah. of the most unique and different WrestleMania in history? Honestly, it just didn't feel like WrestleMania. It was like I was watching um, training matches. I mean, I appreciate WWE for um, doing it for us um, because under the certain circumstances. But honestly, it just it didn't feel like WrestleMania. Uh, when I was watching it, I'm just like, I, I, like I wasn't happy. I tried to. I tried to be happy. I mean, there were some great matches and moments, but I was trying to. I was trying to feel like it was mania, and I, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. It didn't feel the same. No, you're 100 percent so. right, man. Um, well, I spoke to you know yourself and, and numerous other uh, people throughout the day that kind that you know that were watching it, and um, it, there was a couple of points of di- obviously aside from the obvious one with no fans and um, and the rest of the spectacle. Um, the fact that it was broken up over two nights and they and they just tried to keep... They kept filling matches on the card. So instead of having like a six-hour spectacle, they cut it down to about... I think it was four and a half, maybe five hours in total, which was actually pretty good. And I, and I felt the pacing of the show went well. I, it didn't feel like I watched it for a long time. Um, the, second, the second night definitely felt a little bit longer because obviously the, the, Edge, the Edge and Orton match went for about 40 minutes. Um, yeah, but the pacing on the first night and and the mo- and for the vast majority of the second night, I thought it was good. Like the last couple of manias have felt super long, like so long and just a little bit painfully long. Like last year's mania, yeah. last year's mania. I, I enjoyed last year's mania, but like it was it was it took so long to get to the main event, and it was just like and, and it was good, but like I enjoyed the matches, but the, the timing is just a little bit. Uh, you know, is a factor. So I found that the, the pacing yeah. of the show was really good. It did it did really suck. Like, you know, obviously, Mania, we're used to the grand spectacle. We're used to, like, the massive outdoor stadiums and, or indoor domes and fireworks and, like, big panoramic views of the crowd and everybody yeah. cheering and just the noise and the ambience. And it's just it's just the atmosphere of Mania. Even, even if you're sitting at home, like, you know, we mostly do, you know, and when we watch it, we're in the living room. Like you still, you still have that feeling that it's a big show, and you yeah. know, obviously with everything, oh, yeah. it you know, it did, it did not, it didn't have the feel. It definitely didn't have the feel. Um, but I do, I, I do want to go out on a limb and just you know commend WWE because at the end of the day, every other sport in the world has been put on uh, hold, and like movies aren't like we can't go to the movies, we can't go out and hang out in person. Um, we can't really do anything. And the fact that WWE, you know, moved heaven and earth and even, yeah, people were complaining, oh, they should have just postponed it because then we would have been, you know, we would have been able to get what we, you know, we, we deserve and spectacle and all that, sort of, like, all that stuff. Like, you can whinge and complain all you want, but at the end of the day, they still fought to put on a show that gave you something to talk about and something to entertain you for that weekend. And yeah. that, I'm, I'm grateful for that because, look, 
Was it like every other Mania that we were used to? No. Should it have been bigger based on the type of matches that were there? Yeah, probably. But the silver lining in this is like we got a really unique match with the whole Firefly Funhouse Bazaar match. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. But we got we also got that that Boneyard match, which is essentially was just a new version of Buried Alive. Um, I, I guess they can't use that verbiage anymore. Um, yeah, but yeah, like they they did they went to like a cinematic style type of match like given the circumstances and uh while one of them was really bizarre and strange and weird and all that sort of stuff the boneyard match was was excellent like i really i thought it was new it was it was it was awesome i really enjoyed it um yeah that's so that that's kind of my overview of it i'm really grateful for wwe and everybody involved that actually you know put the you know did what they could to get that show going and to make it happen because it gave me something to look forward to for that weekend when, you know, I didn't really have anything to look forward to because there was nothing to do except, you know, look after the kids and clean the house. Um, but, you know, aside from that, like, I had something to look forward to. We've got something to talk about. We can actually do a podcast on something because there's something to talk about. So it, it was good. And, and, like, this time of the year, it always kind of brings me back into wrestling and makes me, you know, remember why I love it in the first place because you kind of get sucked in by all of it. Um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I, I, I look on that point, I do agree with you. Like, it was something for us to look forward to this weekend when literally there's no sport, there's no movies, there's nothing to do. Um, and as I said in, in the intro, like, I do appreciate David Avery for going ahead with it and you know, continuing the storytelling, but yeah, it was just it just didn't feel like it. Look, it is a unique mania in its own right with what you mentioned. Um, but it just didn't feel... I feel like all the matches could have been better if it was in... Um, like, it would have had more of the, the match feels to it, if you know what I mean. If it was a normal, um, like, WrestleMania set. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. All right, well, look, when let's... I'll, I'll go through, you know, the, the card, and I don't want to... I don't want to kind of go through the entire... Um, thing. Uh, I just want to kind of talk about a couple of like we'll talk about the main ones. Um, so on night one, uh, let's kind of, let's kind of encapsulate night one. What did you think of the first show? I think the first the first show had a lot of great wrestling matches. Um, you know the especially the Rollins and Owens match. Like there were some very high spots across all those matches which was very good. Um, but I felt night two was a lot longer compared to night one because of, um, you know, the Asian order match. But I've got to say, I think I enjoyed night one more than I did night two. So the, the only, there were only two kind of matches that saved night two, which we'll get to. But um, night one, I thought every match told a great story and it was, um, it was in terms of the wrestling matches. It was better. Yeah, I. Um, what did you th- What did you think was the standout match of night one? What was your favorite match of night one? My favorite match was probably Rollins and um, Owens. Rollins and Owens. Yeah, okay. because I think the the build up towards that match was just very good. Um, to be honest with you, I was looking forward more to Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch, um, but Rollins and Owen just put on a very great show with the story that they told. And uh, Rollins 
pulled off a very good um, heel persona during the match, and Owens, and Owens was very good at playing the underdog um, in that match. You know, like with Rollins acting like he's unbeatable, and you know he's you know the persona that he did, um, and Roll and he was like they, they both worked really well with each other in that match. So. Yeah, I, I like Rollins to me is a sensational heel. Like I, I, I love him as a babyface, but um, Rollins to me is his bread and butter is being a heel because he does it so well. It, what his Monday Night Messiah routine kind of reminds me a little bit of the CM Punk uh, Society of Sobriety or what, what was it called? the Straight Edge Society or whatever yeah, it was called. Yeah, 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 the Straight Edge Society. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Like it's the same kind of like uh, Jesus kind of moniker. Um, but I think Rollins is doing uh, a, a better job with it because he kind of yeah he's, he he just fits it really well. Um, I definitely agree that Rollins and KO had the match of the night uh, in terms of just a pure wrestling match. I thought it was good and it was a good culmination of the rivalry as well. Um, I, I think the standout for me was ta- was the Taker Boneyard match and. Um, I've heard mixed opinions on it. Um, like some people, some people have said that they did not like it because it wasn't a wrestling match and it was a little bit too gimmicky and whatnot. Um, yeah. I I think I I think the opposite. I think the last couple of outings from Taker, we haven't really gotten like you know look, you know, let's state the fact. T- Taker is over fifty years old. He's had God knows how many surgeries. The the man like just. He's always in pain. He's at the end of his... He's in the twilight of his career. We don't know how much longer he's actually going to, you know, go for. And he's had a couple of matches where it hasn't been the same old taker. Um, And, like, and take all that into account. Like, you know, the the guy can't go forever. Um, I thought the last year's... uh, The match he had with Cena in his last Mania was just not as... It just wasn't as good, and it wasn't up to the standard that I would have expected out of the two of them. I thought there was a lot of... It was just too many botched moments and whatnot, and that kind of left a bad, a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because I yeah. thought the way that Taker ended WrestleMania with Roman Reigns, having been beaten for the second time, and then leaving his hat and his coat and his gloves in the center of the ring, and then walking up the ramp and then disappearing through the ramp, that was the perfect send-off for me. I thought Taker... Like, if Taker had decided to retire right then and there, you couldn't have done it any better. Like, I would have been happy for that to go that way. Um, yeah. But he didn't. He came back and he, you know, had Cena and then he had a couple of, you know, outings with, um, you know, with Goldberg and and DX and whatnot. It's, yeah. And Triple H. And, like, those two always put on a good match. But, like... And, and you could tell they were just exhibition matches. But... It, having him come back and and uh, have some realism thrown into the angle with AJ, you know, bringing in Michelle McCall in the in the in the lead up, and then you know addressing him by his real name, Mark Calloway, like that had never been done on TV before with WWE. Like Taker was always Taker. There were, he always yeah. upheld the mystique of his character. No one ever broke character around Taker. Like he he was always the constant with that. And now we're at a time where everybody's so smart to how the business works now that um, every, there's no secrets anymore. We know Taker's married to Michelle McCall. He has been for years. We know his real name's Mark Calloway. We know The Undertaker is a character. But he Taker yeah. always sold it as he is always Undertaker. 
and they they pulled back the curtain so far on that and it was a little bit shocking but to have Taker you know play back into it and then drop the scary mode and then come back as the American badass like riding in riding in on a bike with Metallica playing like it just fits so well it fits so well um, yeah I, I thought the Boneyard match it was the way it was shot yeah like there were some parts I was like okay well this is more of like a TV fight but I felt it redeemed a lot of what Taker had to go through the last couple of you know, appearances he's had, and I hope that we get, you know, I don't know if this is his last one, because he did put something up on Instagram saying that, you know, kind of like culminating everything, saying 30 years and all that sort of stuff, so I don't know if we're going to see him, you know, for a couple more manias, or if this is it, Um, but yeah, that was my take on Boneyard, I thought that was probably the biggest takeaway of the night, uh, with KO and Rollins having the match of the first night. Yeah, look, I, I do agree with that one, but I also think as well, if with, with the current circumstances, I think it would have just been a normal wrestling match, but because of the circumstances, they made it more personal, which, I look, I do like and I do appreciate because it was, as you said, a way to kind of redeem, redeem Taker and a way to kind of, um, you know, go out of character because it has never been done before. So in a way, that was good. But at the same time, I would have preferred, you know, the phenomenal one versus the phenom in a normal wrestling match because oh, AJ look, would I, have I think gotten we, the best out of Taker. I think we in all that match, well. That, that, I don't. I don't want to say that AJ didn't get the best out of Taker. I think, like, given the circumstance, like we all wanted a proper match. I'm sure we all wanted to see like a phenomenal forearm and a Styles clash and a Tombstone and like you know in a one-two-three count and, a, and an eruption of the crowd as well as a grand Taker entrance. And we did sort of get a grand Taker entrance, and even AJ yeah. to a certain degree. But you know, like full credit to AJ because AJ he did everything he could to try and tear down and embarrass the Undertaker and all that sort of, and it really get, it really, AJ set the stage for Taker to come back and redeem himself and I don't think yeah. that um, like who else would have, ta- who, who could have Taker reversed uh, at this year's Mania, because I think AJ did a really good job, and as much as he's loved by the fans, AJ is a really annoying heel he's a really, he's a really annoying irritating heel and he brought, I thought that he set the stage for Taker to come back real strong. And I thought that he did a good job. So full credit to, to, for, to AJ and the club for, like, you know, helping Taker kind of get back to that, yeah, I'm a legend status. Yeah. I, yeah, I do agree with that. So, so all right, cool. Well, yeah. let's look, just real quick, just going over the ma- the rest of the matches on night one, um, for those who don't know. So the show kicked off with Elias versus King Corbin. Uh, Elias went over on King Corbin. Then we went into the Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, we had Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. I was a little bit put off by... I thought the match was great until the finish. I thought the finish, like... And this has happened two years in a row where Becky has just you know, gotten a surprise pin, and, like, I'm not, I'm not totally upset with it, it's fine, but I think this, this match was just setting the stage for a longer rivalry between the two, um, then moving into Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn, uh, he defeated Daniel Bryan with outside interference from Shinsuke and, uh, Cesaro, then we went into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Now, this ended up being a single-man triple threat. Um, 
because the Miz had pulled out and they weren't going to do... And I'm not sure if they wanted that many people in the ring just because of the whole social distancing thing and whatnot. Um, so that let's talk about this match real quick because I thought it was a great match. There was a lot of really cool spots and I thought the three of them put on a great show. The ending felt clunky, yeah. the ending felt clunky though. Like we had all three of them on the top of the ladder. They're all grabbing the titles and then all of a sudden Morrison falls off the ladder with the titles and... I can see how it worked, but it just the way it was executed felt a little clunky. And I think maybe because usually with ladder matches, you ride the wave with the crowd reactions. So like the moments didn't feel as high because there was no reaction. And then the yeah, so I don't know. It's what, what do you think of how that match went? Yeah, I I felt the same. I was like, what the hell did I like? What the hell? Like I've never seen that before. Um, but I think it's also as well because um. The whole idea of, like, you know, they had just won, you know, they had beaten all the tag teams in the Nation Chamber uh, in the previous pay-per-view, and now it's just like, well, the New Day and Usos are the two best, other than Miz and Morrison, are the two top tag teams um, on the brand. So for them to have kind of, like, just win, and again, like, it was kind of a unique way, but I, I, I don't know... When I was watching that, so I don't know if they had done that because there was no fans or if there was fans, if the ending would have been a little bit different. Um, like, who knows? I, I, did, I, I, did find out, was, I did find out this morning that they had pre... So Mania happened yesterday and the day before. They had actually pre-taped Mania two weeks prior. So they had, yeah. they had edited and actually reshot some angles in the matches... Um, which is why things might have felt a little clunky. Um, so maybe that's that's why. Yeah. Um, but look, it was it was a unique kind of way to win, but at the same time, yeah, it did feel a bit clunky. So whether that was, I don't, I don't know. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It was a bit weird. All right. Well, let's let's move on. And um, so yeah, Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins in a no disqualification match after. They had their first match where Seth Rollins uh, lost by disqualification because he hit Kevin Owens in the head with the ring bell. Um, the biggest takeaway, like we've already spoken on this, but I thought the biggest takeaway from that was Kevin Owens jumping off the WrestleMania sign. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, all right, so yeah. let's go into the finale, the, the, the semi-main event, which is the replacement, Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the Universal title. Roman Reigns was initially supposed to face Goldberg for the Universal title in what was supposed to be a fantasy dream match. Um, with There's actually a bit of history between uh, Reigns and Goldberg, but due to Reigns' history with cancer, uh, he was concerned about him uh, going out and putting on a match in the current situation because of his health, so he pulled out. Uh, so the only other person on SmackDown that would be would have been a natural fit uh, aside from the fiend because um, he was already busy uh, was Braun, was Braun Strowman because he had just come out of come out of a program for the Intercontinental title which he ended up losing to Sami Zayn um, Strowman has had numerous chances at world titles for the last couple of years and I feel like he missed the boat on what should have been his first victory so this was for him to win the... T so, he ended up beating Goldberg. He won the title from Goldberg. It was basically a match of finishes because Goldberg can't wrestle a normal match anymore. Yeah. And while it was just a match of finishes, 
I thought it was good for Goldberg, uh, sorry, for Strowman's character to beat someone credible for the belt. So, look, Goldberg's an old man, we know that, but Goldberg has beaten Brock twice, um, you know, he's beaten, you know, a plethora of other superstars that have got big name value. So for Strowman to beat Goldberg to win his first championship, it does give Strowman a bit of credibility back, and I would like to see, moving forward, a dominant monster among men again, because the last few years, um, we haven't seen that. Ever since he won those tag team titles with that nine-year-old kid, we have not seen the monster among men. He's been a little bit, you know, um, you know a bit of a disappointment in that regard. What did you think about Strowman winning the title off Goldberg? Um, I thought it was um, a long time coming. To be honest with you, Strowman should have won the title when he first, um, like when he had that mini feud with Brock Lesnar. Remember when they had that fatal four way at SummerSlam? That was perfect. Like, I 100% agree. Yeah. When he had that match at SummerSlam and he absolutely decimated Brock, and then he had the follow up one on one at the, the next pay per view, he should have taken the title off Brock then. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and then I think since then, it, I think since then he hasn't had that credibility because after that he's pretty much lost every other um, Universal title match. But even so, even when he versus Brock again at Super Showdown or Crown Jewel the year after, when Reigns had to vacate the title, that was again a perfect way to make Strowman champion. Um, so I mean, look, the match was what I expected. It was just going to be spear after spear, and then. You know, power slam after power slam. So it, it, it look, it probably would have been the same way if it was the Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Um, but you know, I'm 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 happy that Strowman finally won the title because it's been a long time coming. Yeah. I just hope that he has a very good reign as a champion. Um, so yeah. yeah, I agree. Like I think, no, like whether it was Goldberg, whether it was Strowman or Reigns, Goldberg was dropping that title. Um, I think we kind of saw the writing on the wall when Reigns came out and said that he wanted to challenge Goldberg initially. And, like, we knew, okay, Reigns is probably going to take the belt, and then that's going to set up for someone to come in and have a feud with him, which, you know what, it probably could have been Strowman um, to, to take that title. But uh, that so after that, um, Strowman wins the belt. He wins his first world championship. Very happy for him. We then move into the final match, which was the Boneyard match, and Taker comes back victorious and redeems himself and rides off as the American Badass. So let's move into yeah. Night 2. All right, Night 2. Night 2 had a really strong start, and I felt like the... the I felt Night 2 was really consistent up until the halfway mark, and then it kind of took a bit of a... I, kind of, I think the, the middle of the card was a little bit of a... was the flat part, um, but the start and the end of the card was really good. So, start of night two was Charlotte Flair versing Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. This is the first time an NXT title has ever been defended on WrestleMania. Not even the NXT men's title was defended. So, the fact that um, you've got two women and NXT represented on the card, was I thought that was really cool. Um, Rhea Ripley and Ozzy, her very first mania, uh, and she was uh, taking on the, arguably the greatest women's uh, competitor that has ever been. Um, Rhea put on... I thought this match was really good. I thought it was a very strong match to start the show. 
Um, I thought the yeah. match. I thought the match was very good. It was very furious. Like it was very like there was no there was no quiet moments. It was all very like hard. It was all very hard hitting. It was all very constant, and it was a, it was there was an intensity about it from start to finish, and I really enjoyed it. Um, we end the match with Rhea Ripley tapping out to the figure eight. Uh, leg lock from to, from Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair is now the new NXT Women's Champion. I don't know how I quite. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I kind of feel like like Charlotte has already won ten titles and she's already had many mania moments. I understand Charlotte did not get her mania moment last year by winning, but Charlotte can't. I, I don't think it would have hurt Charlotte for her to lose the title for for her to lose the match because. Like she's already on Raw, and I, you know, they're probably going to do a shake-up and whatnot anyway. But um, I don't, and the women's division in NXT is quite strong without Charlotte. So I don't know what the what the rationale is behind having Charlotte take the title back. Um, but I, I, I would have, I think I would have been more satisfied if Rhea beat Charlotte because I felt like it would have done more for Rhea to win than it would have done for Charlotte to win. What do you think? Yeah. I, I completely agree. It was such a great match. Like I, I did, out of all the women's matches on the card on both of those nights, this was my favorite match, and this was probably the women's match I was looking forward to the most. Um, because Rhea told a very good story leading up into the match, and Charlotte, vice versa, you know, played off of that, which was good. But when Rhea lost, I was just scratching my head. And I'm like, you cannot be serious, like. Charlotte did not need to win that match. There is no, it made no I mean, it made sense for her to challenge the NXT title because, you know, we've seen Becky and Charlotte numerous amount of times. We've seen Becky and, um, we've seen Charlotte and Bailey numerous amount of times. So, you know, Charlotte winning, I was just scratching my head. I'm like, okay, they've officially ruined, um, what could have been a very great, um, title reign. Of Rhea Ripley, I mean, if she had lost, if she, if she had, um, I don't know, it's, oh, it look, just did not make sense for her to win. It, it really did. I, I, and it, honestly, yeah. it hurt. It hurts Rhea Ripley now. It hurts her. I, I'm, Charlotte, I'm not Charlotte mad. Could to I'm not mad that Charlotte. Like, I'm not like furious that Charlotte won. Like, I can understand why Charlotte won because you know it. It, it does make NXT credible. You know, in the it does kind of reaffirm it as the third brand as opposed to the developmental brand. If you have someone that has come from NXT, gone to the main roster, absolutely dominated, won ten, won ten championships, not including the one that she won in NXT, and then for her to come back to NXT and win that title again, it does kind of put NXT on the map as, hey, look, we're a credible brand. So I'm not like I'm not I'm not totally mad that Charlotte won. But from a from Rhea Ripley's point of view, I th- I feel like it would have done her more benefit to beat Charlotte and to continue the, the her dominant reign in NXT. But look, we don't know if even if Rhea Ripley may end up going to the main card and then she may end up facing Bailey and take Bailey's title and then she might end up you know running SmackDown for the for, for the foreseeable future because. And we'll get and we'll get to this because I've got some some issues with the SmackDown Women's Championship match, but yeah, so I feel like yeah, Ripley. There was there was plenty of options for Rip for, for Ripley to go. I don't think she's entirely like 
I don't think her, the grass has been cut out from underneath her. I don't think, like, you know, she's going to be losing that much momentum with the loss to Charlotte. Like, at the end of the day, she lost to a 10-time world champion and who was arguably the greatest women's wrestler there's ever been. So, you know, when you lose to Charlotte, it doesn't necessarily hurt you because Charlotte is a credible threat. But I felt like it would have done more for Ripley than it would have done for Charlotte if she had won. So... Yeah, I completely agree. I guess we'll see what happens. So, all right, let's move on. Um, the f- match after that was Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this match because it was, it's not really much to talk about. But I do want to say, Alistair Black is running... Like, they're v- just quietly pushing him real nice. Like, he has just run through everybody he has come up against for the last couple of months. And it's really awesome. Yeah. It's really awesome to see. He had a really cool entrance at Mania. And I really think that if we can keep... Undertaker around for at least another 12 months. I would love to see an Alistair Black in scary mode versus um, either Fiend or Taker. Preferably Taker. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how we go. Anyway, Alistair Black wins with Lana distracting Bobby Lashley, who was set up for a win. She then got on top of the apron and yelled at Bobby to spear Black instead of do his other finish. Uh Bobby goes running in for the spear and then gets caught with the black mass. Boom, right on the jaw. Pow, right in the kisser. Uh, Alistair Black goes over one, two, three, which is the right decision because Bobby Lashley does not need to win because Bobby Lashley has not been treated well since he has returned. Um, okay. Yeah, he's a bit of a waste of space at the moment. He's not really taken seriously. Let's move on to the next match. And I was kind of like, I was a little bit invested in this match because I actually kind of like this guy. He kind of, and I think everybody's in the same boat. They kind of like, you know, tug it on the heartstrings a bit. Otis, who was, who went over on Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler and won the heart of Mandy Rose, who I'm sure we would all like to be in that position. Uh, good on yeah. you, Otis, no, you, you little chunker. That's fantastic. Love it. And, uh, and he got a bit of a smooch at the end, which I was like, hang on a minute. What's go, What's the go with the social distancing rule there? Um, so good for Otis. I did like the match. I thought it was a good match. Uh, Ziggler bumps around for everybody and sells his ass off. I don't think Ziggler has ever had a bad match because he, he makes everybody he's in the ring with look really awesome. All right, the next match. And this is the match that I was looking forward to the most out of all of them. The returning WWE Hall of Famer after nine years on the shelf due to a neck injury, Edge. He made his return at the Royal Rumble. He nearly won the Rumble. It was He looked the best he'd ever looked for years at 46 years old. And he was taking on Randy Orton in a last man standing match. The only thing that I... Like, this, this is the match out of every other match on the card, Taker included... This match deserved spectacle because they deserve the they deserve the crowd. They deserve the crowd to have the ride to go along with, and yeah. it was it was a damn shame that they couldn't have this in front of a live crowd because it was a it, to me this was match of the night. It was match of the whole. Yeah. It was match of both nights. Like I enjoyed this match over every other match that there was on both cards. Well, it's one card but split over two nights, um, and. This was cool. Like it went forty minutes, so it was definitely, and they gave them the time out of. They gave them more time than any other match um, yeah, on both nights, and they needed to have that time because there was years, like there was literally decades of history between these two characters, and they gave them every opportunity to tell that story 
and edge and, and there was a lot of hard hitting bumps and I was actually really supl- really surprised at some of the high risk stuff that edge took um, it just kind of goes to show that that he's back and he's going to be back for a while until he decides he wants to leave which is awesome um, edge ends up going over and beating Randy Orton in the last man standing match via concerto on top of a truck um, Jacko your thoughts on this match from start to finish I was just, I was invested in this match. It started off strong as well with the Orton um, sneak attack. Oh, sorry. Ju- that was so good. To start the match yeah. off with him coming out as a ca- disguised as a cameraman, legit just flying across the ring out with an RKO to kick off that match was sensational. I actually had to watch this yeah. match twice to make sure I caught everything all in it. Um, it. It was good. Sorry, carry on. I just needed to interrupt there. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, no, honestly, from start to finish, it was just, it was very good. And the fact that, you know, there was, it was just so personal with, you know, with the dialogue that they were saying between each other, you know, every time Auden did something, he'd be like, you know, Edge, I'm, um, this is for you because I love you. Um, you know, you could just feel the emotion and, the, and like the personal, um, you know, side of things in this match. And I think the way that it ended with Edge doing the concerto was the perfect, way to finish it um but as you said i would have loved this match to have been that spectacle because it did deserve it you know edge's first match back in nine years um you know and the, you know you could just i could just hear the fans you know saying you still got it you still got it it was um it, it deserves to have that spectacle but even so it was the best match um on the card and um yeah i i'm happy that edge got the win because he did deserve it. it. It wouldn't have made sense for him to lose because, you know, his first match back. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Um, man, I, I really... There was some moments that I really thought were, like, really creative, uh, some of the spots, where he's got Orton on the, on the board table and then he's climbing up the fencing that's along the roofing and then he drops an elbow off the roof. Inverted. Yeah. That was, like... Like, I, I wouldn't have thought to freaking do that. That was awesome. I thought that was, like, just... It was just really, like, creative. And that goes to show, like, we don't have guys in the in the current system that do that anymore. Like, Edge pioneered the TLC match with Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys. Like, he comes from that old-school psychology and mentality. Like, there's... There is, like, that, that guy, he's like the mad scientist of WWE. He, like... He's always come up with some really awesome spots and moments and, and stuff like that. And not I don't think Edge gets enough credit as being that psychological of a wrestler. Like I think I think they just always remember him being like the guy that always won money in the bank and cheated his way into championships and he was a filthy heel, which was awesome. Um, and you know, he and he was like the high spot guy in the TLC matches. But Edge's like you watch Edge's matches. They are very well thought out. Like, they are very well... And you listen to him talk about... Like, you listen to him, like, when he used to have his podcast with Christian, the way that they would talk about their matches. Like, they had... There was a reasoning behind every single thing they did. I... Like, to me, in in my opinion, Edge is one of the greatest WrestleMania performers. Like, he's always put on a great Mania match. Even against like you know terrible opponents like Alberto Del Rio and stuff like that, he's always had great matches at Mania. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I don't think there's ever been a Mania match where it's like he has like it's 
is where it's been bad. Like that, no, and and you know what? The same goes for Orton. These two are like these two are on my list of top five mania performers. Um, so to have the two of them go out there and put on such a fantastic forty minute show was awesome. So I, I really dug that match. It was my favorite match of the night. It makes me want to buy an Edge t-shirt. Um, all right, so Edge won. Let's move on. Now, this is where we're into the middle of the, car- of the card, guys, and this is where things started to take a bit of a downturn in energy, and I think it's because that Edge and Orton match took so much out. Like it, I was so invested in it, and it took so long. Um, it's a trying time. It was, it was, really, it was really good. So... I think, that the number you have dialed has been... I think that the, the match was really, Basic really good. Um, and it took so much out of us emotionally that it was a bit of a letdown for the next couple of matches. So let's see how we go coming into the mid-card, guys. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the mid-card. All right, guys, welcome back after a short break. Now we're getting into the mid-card. So the next match up is going to be the Raw Tag Team Championship match. We have the Street Profits, the champions. They are going to be defending against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. I'm pretty sure both these guys came up from NXT. Um, and I think, yeah, they, st- I think they still are on NXT. Uh, they're a bit of a, a mesh. T- and they're also coming out with Zelina Vega, which is very random. Um I think they're a bit of a mash together because the Street Profits didn't really have anybody to work with because obviously the club is in the AJ situation. And there's really not that many other tag teams on Raw at the moment that are worth watching. So, uh, yeah. So, look, this match, to be honest, I kind of checked out. This is where I was like, you know what? I actually kind of need to get some stuff done around the house and, like, sort the kids out for bed and whatnot. So I kind of took this match. I was, like, I was paying attention but kind of not. Jacko, you want to talk us through this match? Yeah, I'm kind of the same, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know why they originally put... it was Originally, it was meant to be um, Andrade and Angel Gaza, but, um, you know, Andrade suffered a, um, an injury. Oh, that's so, right. That's why this guy came in. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it, look, the original match just did not make sense because, you know, out of all the tag teams there is on Raw, I mean, you've got the, the Viking Raiders, you've got, you know, the OC, you know, they could have done, you know, a triple threat tag match or something, or they could have done, you know, they could have made Andrade defend the US title, it just, it did not make sense to have this match, and same thing, I kind of tuned out, so, yeah. Yeah, alright, well, <laughs> I wasn't well, really invested in it. well, okay, well, the Street Profits ended up retaining, uh, Bianca Belair came out, and, um, you know, gave the gave Zelina Vega a bit of what for, which was kind of cool because I think she's married to Montez Ford. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, she is. Okay, yeah, that's cool. correct. All right, well, yeah, Street Profits retain their title. Let's see what happens with them next on Raw. Um, all right, I, I actually forgot this match off night one, but let, we forgot to talk about the women's tag team match, and that that's the one that actually kicked off night one. So let's kind of dial back into that one real quick. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, ended up beating the Kabuki Warriors, of uh, Asuka and Kairi Sane to become the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. This match was edited the fuck out of. Um, yeah. If you... I, I, th- I actually... Yeah. I, I liked the match. I thought it was good. And I really like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross as a tag team. They're, they're really entertaining. I think... And it's very strange because they come from such opposite sides of the world. Literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they... Um, yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a good. It was a solid match, but you could. There was some moments where, I think it was Nikki Cross had gone in for a cover on Oscar, 
And then the, the, the camera angle had changed very dramatically in the next second because you see Kari Sane literally just flying out of midair, hitting her with an elbow to break up the cover. So this was kind of like a bit of a uh, an editing job uh, where they've done some couple of reshoots and whatnot. Um, so anyway, uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss beat the Kabuki Warriors. They are the new SmackDown Women's t- uh, Tag Title holders, which I think is a good thing because I'd like to see... Um, as much as the Kabuki Warriors are a good tag team, I'd like to see Asuka back in her own element again in a singles competitor. I'd like to see Asuka taking on Bailey for the SmackDown tag team, uh, for the SmackDown women's title. Um, yeah. Spoilers for the next match, but whatever. Um, um but you gotta, you gotta remember as well, Asuka's on Raw, Bailey's on SmackDown. Uh, unless they do a superstar uh, shake-up. They'll do a, so. they'll do a draft, bro. We all know that's gonna happen. So yeah, I think, I'd like to see Asuka back into a more of a singles uh, competitor again um, and maybe even Kairi Sane let her you know do her own thing maybe break up the Kabuki Warriors for a while and, and let's go back to some singles action um, yeah. I think I'd like to see maybe Lacey Evans and Natalia as a tag team I don't know maybe put her with someone or maybe yeah, I don't know we'll figure it out Anyway, let's move on to the SmackDown Women's Championship match. This was a fatal five-way elimination match, so whoever got pinned, they were out of the match, and they worked their way from five all the way down to two. Okay, uh, look, guys, we had in this match the champion Bailey defending against Sasha Banks, her best friend, Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and that was it. This match was kind of thrown together. Honestly, they could have done without the SmackDown Women's title match because it was just filler. It was just filler. Um, I thought in this match, this was where we would see the double crossing of Sasha Banks on Bailey, or vice versa. We did get some elements of it where where Bailey accidentally took out Sasha Banks, and then that cost her uh, her spot in the match. But then Sasha Banks ended up coming back out when it was just down to Bailey and Lacey Evans, and it looked like Lacey Evans was going to go over. And then Sasha Banks came out and interfered, and then Bailey kept Bailey won and kept the title. I like Bailey yeah. as a heel. She's great as a heel. I think it was like she should stay that way. But I feel like we need to see the double cross. Uh, this has gone on too long, and Bailey has been champion for well over a year now. Uh, she's actually the the only woman in history to hold all the major titles for the women, and she's the only. Uh, oh no, sorry, Becky Lynch was the other record. Yeah, but she's the she's the only women woman to hold all the major titles um, in the company. And that's the first in history, which is pretty cool. But I want to see Bailey start facing some more credible threats. I'm sorry, but Naomi, Tamina are not credible threats to me. Lacey Evans, I, I can get, I can buy Lacey Evans. I buy Lacey Evans because she's actually done work facing Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and all these like top, top like top name contenders over the last twelve months. So I can buy yeah. I can buy Lacey Evans as a champion if she wins, but. The other two, they were there just to kind of fill space. Um, so I, th- I was a bit disappointed that we didn't see a Sasha Banks uh, face turn um, and get and and you know try and get her title back. Um, but yeah, look, I, we'll I'm see what same. happens. I was, yeah, I'm the same. I was actually hoping that um you know it'd come down to Bailey and Sasha, and then they'd do a whole thing where um, Sasha would pretend to lay down for Bailey and then she'd sneakily win. That would have been great. That would have been awesome. Yeah. But then when Sasha got eliminated, I'm like, oh my god, here we go. So yeah. I mean, look, I I like 
I, I actually disagree with you. I actually think if they didn't have the SmackDown Women's title on WrestleMania, it would have taken away credibility of the title nah. um, because you cannot have a Mania without a SmackDown Women's title match. Why can't? Um, why, why can we have a Mania without a US title match then? Look, I do, I do agree. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, but I just think you can't because Bailey has been such a strong champion that to take her off Mania, it would have. It would have, I, I feel it like have. it would have been better served to have her face a one-on-one opponent, or if we if they were gonna if they were gonna do the multi-woman match, that's fine. But give me a payoff. Like I didn't get a payoff. Like I, ba- yeah. Bailey won. That's cool. But I would have been happy if Bailey elimin- if Bailey had eliminated Banks and still kept the title. I would have been totally sweet with that because then that would have planted a seed for you know, a breakup in the future because then, you know, the two of them would have wanted to vie for the title and then there can only be one. So that's going to break them up. So look, you know, it might happen down the road, but I feel like mania would have been a good chance to kind of really put that in motion. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get up to the second cinematic match of WrestleMania, the firefly Funhouse match, the fiend Bray Wyatt taking on John Cena, the returning John Cena. Bro, this was literally the strangest, weirdest, oddest. It was the most unconventional thing I've ever seen in a wrestling show. And there's been some really strange shit. Like, we've seen pig pen matches. We've seen all sorts of weird stuff in our time watching wrestling. But this was really bizarre. But it fit the character of The Fiend perfectly. What I didn't understand, though, is the rise... Like, we were taking... I think I said this to you last night. After I watched it, like, I I felt like I needed to go back and watch it again. But then I kind of started... I started thinking as we got to the end of the match. From start to finish, this was Bray Wyatt systematically breaking down John Cena's career and and showing what he was to what he's become... And then Bray Wyatt obviously playing on the fact that he was victimized by Cena at Mania 30 when he feels yeah. like he should have won because the fans were behind him. They played a lot of realism into this angle. And I, and I thought that was really good. Um, and at the end, at the very end of the match, so Bray Wyatt ends up beating John Cena in what was the most, like, I don't, I don't even know how you can call it a match because Bray Wyatt counted the three count against the fiend so that's that's how bizarre it was and i think that's like the whole thing like this was a match that was based in bray wyatt's psyche as opposed to actually in a match and we saw john cena in a way that we had never seen him before and that was completely broken like mentally like it was just like it was it was a psychological kind of it was a psychological ride it wasn't it wasn't traditional in any sense um Bray Wyatt, Bruce Pritchard, and John Cena, all three of them put this match together. This wasn't done by a writing team. This was done by three three very, you know, very wrestling minds. Um, I, I'm not upset that, like, I think we all knew that Fiend was going to win. I'm not upset about how the match took place. What I'm more so interested in is... The last promo that Cena said that he's going to he's going to end the biggest embar- biggest embarrassment and overhyped superstar in WWE, and then that turned out to be him. I'm wondering is is this the retirement of John Cena? 
Yeah, I hope. Look, I hope it's. I, I really hope it's not because, to, I mean, the way the the way it was carrying on, you felt that way. But I just feel like if that's seen as, I'll be very very disappointed. He goes and comes back as a completely different person. Oh look, I think um, if if it was like, I think we, I don't think we're going to see Cena for a while. Um, I thought it was really interesting that um, you know, we we got to see you know, it was just a very different side of Cena, and it was very, it was very interesting the way that we you know the way that we got that. So I'm just wondering if you know. We're going to see Cena go quiet for a while, and then maybe he comes back and then puts someone over to, you know, someone young over to retire himself. But yeah, it definitely felt like um, it definitely felt uh, like an end to something for Cena. So it's yeah, we'll see how we'll see how this plays out. Um, all right, let's move into the main event. The final match of WrestleMania, we have the Royal Rumble winner, Drew McIntyre, the Scottish psychopath, taking on the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar. All right, I'm going to... I don't really have much good things to say about this match. Um, I've got a lot of shitty things to say about this match. I'll start off with the good thing, though. Uh, So... Uh, we all know. Okay, so what happened was Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar and is now the new WWE champion. Deservedly so, rightfully so. Moving forward, should keep the title for a long period of time because he is a good. He, he is a he's a great character to have the, have the title on. Lesnar should hopefully not have the title for a very long time, if ever again. And this is what I did not like about the match. I'm sick to freaking death. Of championship matches with Lesnar being a freaking finisher contest. Yeah. It, de- it, it it diminishes the value of the move. It diminishes the value of the... So like, I understand. Cena is a beast, okay? Se- not Cena. Uh, Lesnar is a beast, okay? He needs an obscure amount of punishment to put him away. He is the mountain that is impossible to climb. He's put away, you know, every major superstar and legend... You know, in his in his career that he's ever faced, like he's put away The Rock, he's put away Hulk Hogan, he put away Goldberg, he's put away he broke the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak, he put away John Cena after Cena had already beaten him, he put away Randy Orton in a really bloody fashion, he put away Triple H in a cage match after Triple H beat him at Mania, like it's he's put away everybody, he put away Reigns at multiple Manias. Yeah. He has put away everybody. But to beat Lesnar, you have to do your finisher three, four, five times. Why? Why can't we just have a match? A proper match. I don't want like if if you're gonna come out and hit your finisher, I should only see it a maximum of two times. He kicks out of yeah. one, he you do it again, boom, match over. If the match lasts five minutes, whatever. The, the the best match that I think Lesnar has had that's just been pure finishes is the match he had against Goldberg because both of them wrestle the same way. And the match should be... That's how that match should be. Drew McIntyre is worth a lot more than just hitting fucking three Claymore kicks and getting a win. Yeah, I'm so over 
Brock Lesnar championship matches. Do not give him the title again. We don't need it. I'm happy for him to stay wrestling. I'm happy for him to wipe out whoever he wants to. Just don't give him the goddamn title. I'm so over it. You take the prestige of the championship and you give it to a guy that only has two fucking moves. I agree. I'm so over it. Yeah, and to be honest with you, um, you know, McIntyre deserved way better than that match. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I mean, I'm happy, I'm glad that he won, but the fact that they did that, you know, F5 after F5 and then F5, etc. I'm just like, nah, they've... You can't do that to a guy like McIntyre who can actually put on a good show. This this um, is what I had. These aside from Lesnar only having two moves and having the match filled with nothing but finishing moves, these these are the positives that I will take away from the match. Drew McIntyre got F five three times. Sorry, four was it three or four times? I think it was three times. Okay, so he got F five three times. He kicked out on one, and then he kicked out on two, and then I think he kicked out on two again. He kicked out of the F5 as soon as it happened. So that not only diminishes the move that ended the Undertaker's streak, but does it but it also shows that okay, Drew McIntyre is legit. So yeah. okay, fair enough. We'll allow it. But why if Drew McIntyre is that incredible, why does he need three Claymore kicks to beat Lesnar? Why can't he just do like uh, if Lesnar's going to get if Lesnar's going to F5 him three times? Should Drew McIntyre only be able to have one Claymore kick to really make yeah. him credible? It's true. Why does he that. need three? He doesn't need three. He needed one. Give him one. And that, that would have done more for McIntyre to beat him with one finisher versus three because it made that move legit. I just, I'm so, I, I can't, I, I'm, I've... I'm over it, bro. Like I'm so like I'm angry about this match. It's so shit because McIntyre deserves so much more. He does like not only did he deserve to have his big title win in front of a crowd of fans and 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 have some spectacle behind it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That and he didn't get that. But he's look. He got his title. He got his opportunity. And hopefully they run with him for the foreseeable future. And you know he gets some really good traction out of it. But for fuck's sake, do not give Brock Lesnar the belt anymore, guys. You are devaluing the superstars he beats and he and that yeah. have beat him. Seth Rollins beat Lesnar for the title. Roman Reigns beat Lesnar for the title. There hasn't been that many that have beat him for the belt. But the match quality that they have is tr- atrocious. I agree. I'm fed up with it. Like, it's... If Brock wins that way in a squash match, that's fine. It suits his character. But it's just... Like or, or cheat, cheat to win, hit him with a low blow, hit him with a chair, then beat him. That that works for me. I'm happy with that. But stop using so many finishes. I want to see it like punch, kick, throw him into the ring post, like hit him with a low blow. Use the referee. Throw like throw him with hit him with weapons. Like uh, you know, put a fucking hold on him for God's sake. Like wrestle. Yeah. Like I know. Oh, dude, well, I'm, I'm, I'm well, over well. it. Yeah, well, that's why I enjoyed the Rollins and Lesnar matchup at SummerSlam last year because it was a proper, proper, properly fought contest. Look, um, look Les- Lesnar has the ability to put on really good matches. I did really, I have really enjoyed some of his matches in his career, and even the ones when he, on his second part of his career, like the matches that he had against, the matches he had against Cena, the matches he had against um, uh, Triple H, the match he had against Taker at SummerSlam. 
Um, like he the the match against the match he had against CM Punk, the match he had yeah. against uh, Bala at the Rumble, uh, the match he had against AJ Styles. Like he's had good matches. He has the ability to put on good matches. He had the ability yeah. to put on really good matches. They gave them ten minutes, including entrance time. Like yeah, I don't know. it's I don't know, man. Like it's to me, it was the di- it was the most disappointing match of the entire two nights. Like I. The SmackDown women's title match was more intriguing to me than that match. And I was I was looking forward to seeing how it was going to play out. Look, we got the outcome we all wanted. We got Drew Drew got the belt. We're all happy with that. It's great. Awesome. But yeah. it, it it was just I felt like it was just a really cheap way of handing over the belt to Drew and I just I didn't like it at all. So Yeah, I know. I agree. And I really felt bad for Drew McIntyre because um, you know, he saw that there was no fans around, and then he looked at the camera. He goes, "You're all with me." Like, I feel like. Oh, look, that's it. That's everybody, though. Like, I feel bad for yeah. all the superstars that have that moment, especially the ones that had their first moment. Like, and that's and yeah. that's Drew's first big moment. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, man. Well, look, let's 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 wrap this thing up and go home because the the Lesnar talk is just getting me too fired up. Um, okay. Well, look, what have we got to look forward to on Monday Night Raw? I'm not sure if we're going to see Taker. But I know we're going to see Edge. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where things go from here. All in all, uh, I did look. I liked Mania, aside from obviously the championship title match. Um, I thought it was good. It was. I'm, I'm really happy that again. Really happy that WWE put on the show and gave us something to talk about. It made me really kind of reinvest, you know, myself in you know wrestling and why we enjoy this sort of thing. Yes, it's fake, cool, whatever. You know, I, I don't care. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's just fun. It's enjoyable. Um, yeah. Me. So, yeah, what uh, what are three big things that you're going to take from this year's Mania heading into this new year of WWE? Um, well, that it was obviously very unique in terms of, you know, what they produced. Um, that it's definitely going to be something that everyone will talk about because of just some of the things that they did in that Mania. Um, and also... Mm. that Mania can still, like, that I think, given any circumstances, that WWE did well to adapt to it, um, giving what's currently going on, that WWE can still put put on a show uh, uh, despite the circumstances. All right, so, so. What, let's, with that said, what, what are three, so out of all the outcomes of the matches... What are three things that you would like to see moving forward? Okay, I'd like to I'd like to see the Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler rivalry continue. Yep. Um, I think that there's still more to offer in that. Um, I would like to see McIntyre and Strowman as dominant champions, yep. and Brock Lesnar and Goldberg away from the title pictures for forever, especially um, Lesnar. Um, and I would like to maybe see oh, what else. I think. Look, I think Sasha and Bailey need to have a confrontation where Sasha is champion. Um, I feel like they missed the ball in that match. Sasha should have been the cha- Sasha should have won because she still has not had her mania moment yet. Um, but I would like to see Bailey and Sasha probably do a swap with Sasha be- becoming a face. Yep. And Bailey staying a heel. Awesome. Sorry. All right, my three. Uh, 
I would like to see... I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the Bailey-Sasha thing. Um, they definitely need to keep that running forward. I think we are definitely going to get um, the, the Becky and Shayna uh, rivalry continuing on. Um, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with um, Cena moving forward. Um, I, want, I wonder what's going like, to... We all know that he's doing movies and stuff and he's transitioning out and like he's only coming back in, in moments and stuff. But... Uh, I want to see what happens between, like, what happens with Cena moving forward and what happens with Wyatt moving forward. What's he going to do now? Because how many more people has he got on his hit list? Not that many. Um, but well, this... the only one I can think of is probably Reigns. Um, he's probably next. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Reigns and Orton. So Orton would probably be a fun one. Um, I think the final thing that I want to see is I want to see Edge face Drew McIntyre for the title and have a program with McIntyre. Yeah. And I want to see yeah, I and I want to see I want to see Heel Edge come back and try and take the belt. I'd be happy if McIntyre loses the title to Edge, but as long as he wins it back. So if they do three if they do a three match program over a couple of pay-per-views and you have Edge kind of weasel his way into the title, and then have McIntyre take it back. I think it'll do. It'll be awesome to watch. It'll be fun, but I think it'll do wonders for McIntyre's um, stature moving forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see that. I reckon. So. I reckon it'll be fun. And also, actually, one one last thing. Uh, I wonder what AJ is going to do next. Yeah. True. I'll be so, in that, so yeah, it'd be. I think we might not. I think we might see him off TV for a while because obviously he got buried alive. And usually, when someone gets buried alive in those matches, they usually keep them off for a while until they get revamped and they come back as a surprise. Okay, uh, look, guys. One last thing I want to mention is, I've, as I said before, everybody has kind of you know had their fair share of opinions on whether or not Mania should have been cancelled, whether you know just so that we could have it. Uh, post coronavirus so that we could get the mania that we all know and love um i decided to like the night before i, I you know i thought really long and hard about because i was really kind of bummed that you know it's not going to be the same old mania but then i was thinking about it a lot more than the night before mania started and i was actually kind of like thinking this is a very unique time for everybody um you know, we're all experiencing a first of this for the vast majority of us, except for those who lived through World War Two, which, you know, unfortunately, those guys, are, they're few and far between. Um, but look, this is going to be the very, this is going to be the first and probably the only WrestleMania that will be this unique. And we're lucky, like, we're lucky enough to be able to witness it in real time. Obviously, no one was there at the event to be able to see it in person, but you know, for everyone that watched it, we're going to be able to look back on this years from now and be like, you know, we, we lived through the whole coronavirus pandemic and looking back, like the only thing that, you know, the, the sporting world stopped and the only thing that kept going was wrestling and yeah. res- and wrestling. And whilst it wasn't the same as what we were used to, you know, they still put on a show and we, we were lucky enough to be able to, to sit through that and support it. And, um, I just thought it was a really cool thing that like, that was, uh, it was definitely like, it's, it's not the best menu in history by far. Um, and it's definitely not going to be the, um, you know, the, the best ever remembered, but it will definitely be remembered as the most unique. And, um, I think it, I think, yeah, we should all, we should all 
respect that and you know i think that's something to to be proud of and whatnot so thanks guys that is our wrap-up of wrestlemania 36 it'll be interesting to see where things go from here thanks jacko for coming on and chatting wrestling with me pleasure as always yeah and until next time guys peace